0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for 418, 2010, April 18th. This is part two. And uh, next article is this uh, Prime Minister um, Salam Fahid says next year Jerusalem will be the capital of our new Palestinian state. The Palestinian people will celebrate the Holy Fire Vigil next year in Jerusalem, supposedly, which they say is the, quote, eternal capital of the Palestinian state. Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Salim Faid said Saturday night, next year, inshallah, meaning God willing, we shall celebrate the Church of the Holy, Se- we shall celebrate in the Church of the Holy Sepulcher in East Jerusalem, the capital of the Palestinian state. Then he goes on to say, are people joined by all humanity? Oh, yeah, right. Thank you for speaking on behalf of all humanity. Says, we will celebrate the creation of the Palestinian independent state according to the 1967 borders, a state whose capital shall be Jerusalem. He said the Palestinian Liberation Organization was, trust, was the trusted body to declare a state in coordination with the international community. Meanwhile, Hamas called on Fayyid to stand trial for telling, uh, for remarks published in at the weekend that he intends to declare a Palestinian state in the summer of 2011, and to build infrastructure to absorb Palestinian refugees into the state. Now, in order for them to do this, obviously, they're going to pretty much have to take control of Jerusalem. I don't believe that will ever happen. I don't. I don't believe God will let it happen, but this is what they're posturing towards okay that they've got to have this and obviously you know this is their their goal and their goal is to absolutely wipe out and annihilate the jews and any other infidels that don't go along with their agenda and that doesn't line up with the quran or what supposedly allah which is nothing more than the moon god would want so that's what they're that's what they're all about Next um, article. Iranian President Aminijad on Wednesday warned the Zionist regime of Israel against any new attack on the Gaza Strip, cautioning that such a move would put an end to the life of this illegitimate regime. Now, usually when I go over these types of things, people email me a certain sect of people and say, oh, these Zionist Jews, this and that. Okay, fine. I understand. There are Zionist Jews that are bad guys. They are of the synagogue of Satan. True. I'm not arguing with you, and I'm not saying they're not at the highest levels of the Israeli government. But, does that mean we throw the whole baby out with the bathwater regarding Israel? Read Romans 10 and 11 and you might change your mind. Okay? Uh, And again, this isn't a study on that. But a lot of people say God's done with the Jews. Well, read Romans 9, 10, 11. read Revelation seven and Revelation fourteen, where it gives the tribes by name of the hundred and forty four thousand that are sealed. Oh no, you don't understand though. Those tribes are just kind of symbolically and spiritual. Those tribes apply to different races now and different Oh, okay, wow, I didn't know that you were such a wonderful interpretator and twister of scripture. Because there's there's whole segments of the population, like British Israelism, that believe those you know, these tribes apply to them. And then there's certain parts of the black population that believe the 12 tribes apply to them. Okay? It's really weird. The weird, crazy doctrines that are out there right now. Um, these uh, I've had requests to do a study on the uh, black Israelites. It's a big, big movement that's gaining popularity. Uh, you know, if If I can, I will try to get to that. It's just a matter of... All these breaking current events and then doing individual studies on top of that with just one person, it's hard to to do it all and to get to it all. So there's probably well over 100 studies I'd like to do, if not 200. But it's a matter of getting to them, um, which would require setting aside a lot of other things that are happening on a weekly basis. And it's very tough to do at this point. Um, Just got a lot on my plate. So going further, I'm not complaining, just... You know, so you know. Then he goes on to say, and you Zionists should know that an attack on Gaza will end your inauspicious and filthy life. End of quote. The Iranian president warned. Now this isn't even Iran. It's not like he's warning them not to attack Iran. He's warning them not to do anything into the Gaza Strip. They're, they're becoming more and more emboldened, in other words. Okay? And as I've said before, Okay, so uh, then the people that side, the supposed Christians that side with, or uh, totally against Israel, believe this, throwing totally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. What does that automatically do? It puts them on the side of Islam and the Muslims. Oh, these poor, poor Palestinians and Muslims. It's terrible what they've done, and they'll show pictures of like little kids being you know, in the middle of fire. Do you understand the, the Muslims do that on purpose? They move women and children into harm's way so that when Israel tries to defend herself, then women and children are killed and they can look, point at the Jews and say, look at these terrible Zionists that did all this to us. Now again, I'm not saying there's not evil people at the highest ranks of the Israeli government. I'm not saying that, okay? Remember, blindness in part has happened to Jews until the fullness of the Gentile come in. They're blind to Jesus Christ, and particularly those that are of the synagogue of Satan, well, they are of their father, the devil. So I'm not saying, but let's please have some balance here with this subject. Israel is a nation that is one-nineteenth the size of California, and is one of the smallest nations on the face of the earth. With only 8,000 square miles of landmass, it is roughly two times the size of Rhode Island, which is the smallest state in America. Israel is 260 miles at its longest, 112 miles of coastline, 60 miles at its widest, and between 3 to 9 miles at its narrowest. The nation of Israel is surrounded by 22 hostile Arab Islamic dictatorships that are 640 times her size and 60 times her population. And you're telling me the poor Palestinians don't have anywhere to go no, they've encroached on this land on purpose. They've put women and children in harm's way on purpose. They fire rockets at them all the time on purpose. And whenever Israel retaliates, they're the bane of the planet. It's garbage. What if you, like, if you live in America or whatever country you may live in, what if that was happening to you? And then we come along as America and tell them what to do and where they can build and where they can't build and what they should and shouldn't do. There's no, and there's, and there'll never be peace because the whole goal of Islam is to totally eradicate and wipe out the Jews. That is what is stated in the Quran. That is what is stated by their highest people. Arab propagandists call Israel expansionist. There is no truth in this statement as Israel occupies one sixth of one percent of the lands called Arab. One sixth of one percent. There are 13 million Jews in the world at the time of this writing, almost 5 million fewer than that were in 1939, and 300 million Arabs, and 1.4 billion Muslims. It's just, you know, one sixth of 1% of the land's called Arab, and yet Israel's expansionist. They have given away land and it doesn't matter because every time they give more away more land, they just move in that much closer. So they can blow them away, get the rockets closer, move more women and children in there. I'm just, you know. Anyway. Here's another article. Hamas political leader Khaled Mashal said on Saturday that all options against Israel remain open, including war. Quote, we will do everything to obtain the rights stolen from us, including confrontation with the enemy. He told journalists. Michal was at a meeting with senior members of the Palestinian terrorist organizations, uh, including the head of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. The principles of the Hamas, principles of Hamas are stated in their covenant or charter. This is the Hamas covenant or charter. And I'm going to give you some quotes directly from it. Quote Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it just as it obliterated others before it. Who said that? The martyr Imam Hassan Albana of blessed memory, of cursed memory. Why? He was a martyr. Why? He probably strapped a nail bomb on and ran into some Israeli cafe and blew everybody up, women and children. Oh, he did Allah's will. Well, yeah, he probably did because Allah's the moon god. He's nothing more than a devil and a fallen angel that people are worshiping. Here's another quote: the Islamic resistance from the Hamas charter. Okay, this is from the Hamas charter. I'm not making this up. The Islamic resistance movement believes that the land of Palestine is consecrated for future Muslim generations. See, they believe that that land is theirs and that Israel is just this usurper that's on the land, and they have to be blotted out and wiped out in order for this land to be for future Muslim generations. And then it goes on to say, until Judgment Day. It or any part of it, meaning Palestine, should not be squandered. It or any part of it should not be given up. So see, every little piece they can get back is a victory to them. That's why every little piece is so important, but as soon as they get one more piece, they're like, okay, great, we celebrate for a day, and now let's start launching rockets at them or do whatever we can again to provoke them. Let's keep provoking them. Let's keep killing as many as we can. Here's another quote. There is no solution for the Palestinian question except through jihad. What does that word mean? Holy war on the Jews and the infidels. It's an infidel, a non-believer in Islam. And that's according to the Quran. The Quran says to slay the infidels. I've given you the quotes before. That's what their religion teaches them to do. All an Islamic person is doing when he blows up non believers or Jews is being true to the Quran, he's being fundamental to his faith. Anybody that says Islam is a religion of peace is a liar or they haven't read the Quran. There's no solution for Palestine the Palestine question, except through jihad. And this is the quote from the Charter. Initiatives, proposals, and international conferences are all a waste of time and vain endeavors. End of quote. Well, they're telling you here that all these initiatives and proposals and international conferences are a joke. They're a waste of time. They're vain endeavors. Now, they'll take any land that they can get. They'll take any whatever... But in their eyes, it's all whatever. They're just trying to wipe Israel off the planet. That's their whole goal. Okay? And they'll posture and they'll act like this. And yes, we want peace talk. That's a bunch of garbage. They just want to annihilate them. Yasser Arafat was real clear about that. He said the same exact things. And you know, they can go and they can do and, and strap on their nail bombs and, and blow and, and, and do their car bombs and blow up people and do this and that in the nightly news, and yet nothing is ever targeted at the religion of Islam or the Muslims. It's almost as though, well yes, it was a terrorist attack. What was what was behind the terrorist attack? What motivated it? Well, the Quran, Allah, that's what motivated it. Why doesn't the religion get blamed? It doesn't, though. Oh, it's not politically correct. Why? Because the New World Order is using this devil religion mightily to advance its agenda. That's what they do. Order out of chaos. They're using the chaos that Islam is bringing to the table in order to advance their agenda. And we've got a president who is a Muslim. And I'm going to prove that, and and we have proved it in times past. Here's another article. In an unprecedented move, the U.S. has been concluding negotiations with Israel, listen to this, on behalf of the Palestinian authority. Yeah, let me read that to you again. In an unprecedented move, the U.S. has been conducting negotiations with Israel on behalf of the Palestinian Authority. That's like the terrorists. That's like the Muslims. According to a senior Palestinian Authority negotiator and sources in the Israeli government. So, both sides are admitting this, the Israeli side and the Palestinian side. The the Muslims, the Arabs, the the terrorists. The US has been calling for resumption of indirect talks with the Obama administration officials publicly proposing to serve as a go-between to facilitate dialogue between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. Sources in both the PA, Palestinian Authority, and the Israeli government told World Daily Net talks are underway on a number of issues, including future borders and security controls for the Palestinian state. Well, again, who cares? Because... What does the Hamas charter said? Initiatives, proposals, and international conferences are all a waste of time and vain endeavors. The only way they're going to accomplish what they want to get is through jihad, which is holy war on the Jews and infidels. It's right in their charter. So this is all garbage. Peace talks, all this other stuff. There's only one thing that a Muslim or, or a hardcore Islamic or a Muslim is going to understand. Now I'm not advocating going around killing everybody and this and that. I'm just saying <laughs> there's only one thing they understand. Okay? And um, there's only one way they operate as well. And that's through uh, killing, jihad. And that's the only thing they understand reciprocally is when I get the point I'm trying to make. So in other words, all of this garbage about dialogue between Israel, it doesn't matter. Because there will never, ever, ever be peace. Even if Israel were to relinquish all their land and move to like the South Pole, I believe the Muslims would pursue them because the Quran says to do that. Yes, they'd be happy for a time, but it wouldn't matter. Because they're going to be fundamental to their faith. They take These, these Islamic extremists take their faith very, very seriously. They take the Quran very seriously. Sources in both the PA and the Israeli government told World Daily Net talks are underway. Uh, senior PA negotiator, speaking on condition of anonymity, said rather than act as an intermediary, the U.S. has been negotiating with Israel on behalf of the Palestinian Authority. Assuming the U.S. has assumed all Palestinian positions and bargaining with Israel. From the Palestinian side. So we're acting as the Muslims to Israel. I thought we were supposed to be allies with Israel. No, we're acting as though we're allies with the terrorists. And we're acting on their behalf now. The account was confirmed with sources in the Israeli government and also the Palestinian side who said such behavior by the US government is unprecedented turning our back on Israel just read um, read that book by Koenig Let's see if I can find it for you Uh, I have a whole word file i've done i've put together on this how every single time we pressure to give Israel to give up land, but we have some cataclysmic event happen to us it 's not my opinion it 's documented it 's been documented by several different people um, let 's see here eye to eye facing the consequences of dividing Israel by William Koenig. This is the book that gets into it. Eye to eye, facing the consequences of dividing Israel. Now, I'm also not like John Hagee, where I say, well, bless God, Israel doesn't even need to get saved. They, they get out of, of jail free card because of the blood flowing through their veins because they're just Israel. We don't even need a witness to them. What a lie from the pit of hell that is. I mean, I've, I've literally seen the quotes from Hagee in that book that he wrote where he said that um, Jesus Christ didn't come back to redeem Israel. They don't, they don't need that. They're, they're exempt. Um, anyway, there's, there's many different things that were written regarding this that you can find on the internet. That's just one book, eye to eye. And uh, there's other books written as well that get into this. Also, Chick has a really good track called Somebody Angry. Go up to chick.com. Be careful, because, you know, you go to the wrong website real easy. www.chick.com Look up the track, Somebody Angry. And it's a good track that explains this, that gives you some documentation regarding this particular matter. And these are just a couple things that were written about this. Um, I know there's one other book that was written on it, too, as well. But anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. Uh... Next article here. Lieutenant Colonel retired Ralph Peters, military analyst and author of the book on Middle East politics, says Obama apparently has a chip on his shoulder against Israel and it's not helpful to our civilization. Peters, who wrote the book Endless War: Middle Eastern Islam versus Western Civilization, was asked to explain why he felt American-Israeli friendship appears to have been derailed so de- dramatically. The answer is two words he said President Obama Obama's treatment of Prime Minister Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu during their recent meeting in Washington was disgraceful and shameful. Peters told Fox News we treat our enemies with greater courtesy. I, I got into this in the previous one of the previous teachings where they like ushered him in through a side door and he made him wait real long and then he, and then they weren't getting anywhere so he said, well you know. I'll meet with you tonight again. And he came back, he was real, real arrogant. Why? Because he's a Muslim. Obama's a Muslim. And his first allegiance is to Allah. When he went over to the Middle East, the only time you've ever seen Obama bow to anybody were to these Middle East sheik guys. He's a Muslim. He was brought up a Muslim. He goes on to say, In addition, it was counterproductive because this vendetta on the part of the White House against Israel, really it's on the part of Obama, all it does is encourage the Palestinians and their Arab backers to make even wilder demands that Israel cannot possibly fulfill. See, they're always making these outlandish, wild claims. We want more land. We want this. We want that. Here this little Israel is, who's already given up a ton of land, who's one-eighteenth the size of California, and one-sixth of one percent of the land's called Arab, but it's never enough. Why? Because they're, it will never be enough. They have to be destroyed for the Islamic religion to be happy. It's the only solution. So they're just going to keep making wilder and wilder demands. And it's appearing as though Israel is going to be on their own pretty soon if they're not already. This is not a peace process. This is something about a chip on the president's shoulder. Peter says that Obama's approach is absolutely a departure from past American policy. Here's another article. Barack Obama is now trying to force his absurd policy of reducing America's nuclear strength to Israel. There's another thing he's trying to do. He wants to emasculate our only consistent ally in the Middle East. Um, and the Middle East's only true stick against an Iranian nuclear attack. And he's signaling it in pronounced ways. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu canceled his planned participation at Barack Obama's nuclear summit. Well, it's no wonder after the way he just got treated at the White House. And again, I'm not saying this because I think Benjamin Netanyahu is some kind of saint. Okay, I'm sure he's a Zionist and he's controlled by his handlers, just like they all are at that level. I'm talking about what are we posturing toward here in America? What are we doing here? How are we treating Israel as a whole? Although most sources report that it's because Israel would be subject to Arab-Muslim scrutiny and attacks on its nuclear program, with Egypt and Tur- Turkey likely trying to force Israel to sign a nuclear non-proliferation treaty, there are other important reasons why Netanyahu canceled. His cancellation is also clearly in response to a ridiculous new policy by the Obama State Department to reject visa requests from all of the Israeli nuclear scientists who work on nuclear on Israel's nuclear reactor at Dimona, Israel. They're, these um, nuclear scientists are coming over here seeking to study at U.S. universities regarding um, that. Okay, he's denying all their visas to even get into this country. Obama is. In addition to rejecting their visa requests, the U.S. is now imposing severe restrictions and even embargoes on Israel with regard to the purchase of nuclear-related products and even radiation detectors. In other words, he's trying to shut down... It's almost like Obama's trying to provoke them as much as possible as well. I'm telling you, this is the worst president by far that we have ever seen in this country, by far. Nobody could even... Well, I know Bush has did a lot of evil as well. But this guy is beyond anything I have ever seen. Next article. President Obama's decision to reverse the 65 years of U.S. nuclear weapons policy and drop most of the nation's deterrence capacity has alarmed critics who say they fear that the United States will now be more vulnerable to attack uh, from, wo- from would-be nuclear actions. Skeptics say the policy change will only embolden those groups and tie the U.S.'s hands. I'm deeply concerned by some of the decisions made in the Nuclear Posture Review and the message this administration is sending to Iran, North Korea and non-state actors who may seek to harm the United States or its allies. Representative Michael Turner of Ohio said, he is the ranking member of the House of Armed Services Subcommittee on Strategic Forces. And he said this in a written statement. He also said, by unilaterally taking a nuclear response off the table, we are decreasing our options without getting anything in return and just dis- dim- dis- diminishing our ability to defend our nation from an attack. So, Obama's trying to weaken not only Israel, but us as well. He's trying to make us look weak. Now, again, I've talked A lot about, even in recent weeks, about the false flag nuclear event that could take place on American soil. Some kind of terrorist nuke or whatever. We'd be right into martial law and guaranteed we'd stay there unless God intervened in some way, shape, or form. And under martial law, Obama would never have to step down. He could stay in there as long as he wants. I really believe Obama, with the way his popularity has so plummeted, because he's such a devil he probably realizes, or will realize at some point, that that's going to be his only option, if he can try to pull that off, to stay in office. Uh, going further, Gary provides a threat assessment and deducts, and deducts based on current political trends, that America is at risk for a false flag terrorist event. He also presents a brief history of state-sponsored terrorism. So we're going to go ahead and listen to this clip from Gary Franchi right now. Um... Of Reality Report TV or RestoreTheRepublic.com, and he's going to give a little bit of uh, extra information on this potential coming false flag terrorist event. And again, these are things we should be
1: praying about because this is pure wickedness that we're talking about. America is at risk right now, at risk for a false flag terror event. The peaceful efforts of the American people who are working to restore America to its constitutional foundation pose a threat to the global elite working to form a socialist superstate known as the New World Order. These elitists are firmly entrenched in the federal government and the supporting globalist think tanks like the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the Bilderberg Group. The Tea Party movement is boiling over. Patriot groups are being labeled by pseudo-experts in the Southern Poverty Law Center as anti-government. The Department of Homeland Security is actually taking cues from the Southern Poverty Law Center. And the FBI is actively infiltrating groups across the country, seeding violent strains of thought in an attempt to get these groups to act out recent court documents have proven that the feds are employing extremist radio hosts like hal turner to stir the pot meanwhile another group referring to themselves as the guardians of the free republic have initiated the restore america plan the latest phase of their plan included sending letters to the governors of all 50 states saying if they don't leave office within three days they will be removed while the group advocates legal remedies to reinstating the lawful Constitutional Republic, the mainstream media, FBI, and Department of Homeland Security are labeling them as extremists that have the potential to lead to violence. The recent militia raids conducted... Now, I just want to make a comment
0: on that last thing, in the Guardians of the Free Republic. I had a lot of people emailing me about that, uh, when that all happened, how these governors were going to be removed in three days. Well, you know, none of that happened, obviously. And so they just totally discredited their whole movement. And, you know, you don't say something unless you're going to be able to back it up. And what they said, they weren't even able to remotely back up, which makes them look like total liars. So I'm not very uh, big on that particular movement. Um for, for a, that, those obvious reasons that I just stated. Um, you just don't come out and spout off at the mouth like that and then, you know, do nothing in return. Now, I'm not saying that they need to do this by violent means or anything like that, but
1: I believe it was very short-sighted on their part to make that statement. Let's go further. By the FBI and the new focus on the Guardian elders alongside the recent public outcry against the health care bill that prompted Democrats to carry out false flag attacks on their own offices only to blame Tea Party groups, is another reason the public should be on high alert against any propagated threats against infrastructure by any domestic groups.
0: Okay, so what he's basically stating here is there are is they've literally found out that there are Democrats, and I understand that it's not about Democrat and Republican, it's about moving toward the New World Order agenda. Okay, so I understand that concept, but... There are Democrats and there are anarchists that we re- have reported about in weeks past and now today as well that, re- that were going out there specifically to act as though they were acting on behalf of the Tea Party movement or Republicans or conservatives or whatever you want to call it and doing damage to certain political offices and things of this nature or showing up at these events, these Tea Party events and. Um, making all kind of, of commotion or doing things that are illegal in order to discredit the whole Tea Party movement, which is co- becoming, in, uh, becoming synonymous with conservatives or Republicans or whatever. Again, this could be one of the things that they try to use in order to implement a false flag nuclear event. People so fed up that they actually set off a nuke or something of this nature. They're going to have some excuse, and they're going to want to blame it, if possible, on conservatives,
1: um, most likely. It's the way it kind of is looking here. Let's go further. A recent posting on InfoShop News encourages anarchists to organize counter-protests against the upcoming April 15th Tea Party demonstrations. Tea Partiers need to be fully aware of infiltrators from radical fringe anarchist groups the federal government, and even plainclothes police inciting violence and raising the temperature at rallies nationwide. The Patriot uprising is a threat to the federal government who is acting beyond the confines of the Constitution of the United States and the radical fringe who are funded by the global elite to create the perception that these constitutionalist Tea Party groups are violent and must be stopped. Unfortunately, America has a history of creating perceived threats to its existence to justify carrying out wars of aggression against foreign nations and creating police state policies against its own people. Perfect example, the 1898 sinking of the Maine. No reliable evidence was ever produced linking Spain to the event, and it is now widely believed the event was a mechanical failure or false flag operation. Operation Northwoods was a plan that originated within the United States government, drafted by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, signed by Chairman Lyman Lemniser and sent to the Secretary of Defense. The plan called for the Central Intelligence Agency or other operatives to commit genuine acts of terrorism in U.S. cities and elsewhere. Operation Northwoods was never officially accepted by President Kennedy. However, in 1965, just two years after Kennedy's assassination, the Gulf of Tonkin incident occurred where the American destroyer Maddox was supposedly attacked twice by three North Vietnamese torpedo boats in 1964. The Gulf of Tonkin never happened. 1991, desert storm, media hoax. In an effort to further justify the invasion and garner public support, The daughter of Kuwaiti U.S. ambassador played nurse on TV and testified to witnessing Iraqi soldiers throwing babies out of incubators in Kuwait. This never happened. The 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. Multiple experts proved the fertilizer bomb was a diversion for the explosive charges found and removed from the building. Patsy Tim McVeigh was later the lone nut who was blamed. 2001, the 9-11 attacks. New scientific evidence has revealed that military-grade explosive thermite was discovered in the dust and debris of the World Trade Center, corroborating the physics and science of the collapse of the Twin Towers as a controlled demolition, leading many to believe that only operatives within the military-industrial-intelligence complex could have pulled it off. The Shoe Bomber, used to condition Americans to further surrender their freedoms by forcing them to remove their shoes at airport checkpoints. The London Fluid Bombers were used to further condition Americans to surrender freedoms by relinquishing small amounts of fluid at airport checkpoints. And most recently, the Underwear Bomber, who was the reason to install naked body scanners at major airports nationwide, has literally been used to strip Americans of their Fourth Amendment rights. (laughs) As April 19th approaches, many anniversaries are remembered. In 1993, uh, bombing of the Waco, Texas facility where the federal government massacred women and children. In 1995, the Oklahoma City bombing occurred. In 1861, President Lincoln orders the blockade of the Confederate ports. In 1943, the Jews fought back against Nazi occupation forces in Warsaw. And in 1775... The famed shots at Lexington and Concord were fired starting the Revolutionary War. April 19th also marks the start of the occult 13-day satanic ritual relating to fire and demanding a fire sacrifice with an emphasis on children to the fire god Moloch. The ritual known as the blood sacrifice to the beast is one of the most important human sacrifice days on the occult calendar. Patriots nationwide, flag alert to red and be on the watch for the signs of a false flag attack April 19th that will then be blamed on them. Do you have feedback or tips for us on this fall? Okay, so
0: that was very interesting what he got into there. I was really surprised he got into the occult calendar because that's not something that usually you'll hear somebody like him get into but I was impressed that was that was and it does that does figure in this is the motivation behind many things that happen on particular dates it has to do with the occult calendar because these people that scheme and plan these things are Satanists and Luciferians and high-level occultists these are the people at the very highest echelons the 13 families of the Illuminati the highest politicians if the truth be known, This is the type of religion they practice, and these dates have great significance to them. And so he's saying April 19th, which is tomorrow, Monday, and this teaching will be up Sunday night, uh, but a lot of you will be hearing this on the day, uh, probably April 19th. Um, Anyway, things to pray about, okay, Uh, regarding this. Because who knows what Satan would like to pull off. I mean... Let's face it, they really wanted to implement the new order literally by 1984, according to George Orwell's book. According to when Maitreya made his first announcement, his first official announcement in the New York uh, Times, I believe, and I believe that was in 1982. They wanted to have everything set by 1984. Well, obviously, that didn't work out too good. Well, why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is in control. And praying Christians many times can move the hand of God uh, if it's his will. And that's why Jesus said, I I pray above all that thy will be done and not my own. Okay, so um, things to think about, things to ponder, and things to pray about. So let's go back to the article here, to our teaching. And this next article is from World Daily Net. On the floor of the Kenyan National Assembly the day after Barack Obama was elected U.S. president, members of the African country's parliament celebrated a Kenyan ruling the USA, calling Obama a son of the soil of this country. And that's a quote. As World Daily Net reported, Kenyan member of parliament James Oringo asked the nation's parliament, only last month, he said, quote, how could a young man born here in Kenya who is not even a native of America become president of America? <laughs> That's a great question, uh, Mister Parliament Member, because he's not supposed to be. He's disqualified if he was born in Kenya. Well, he was. He was born there. We've we've done teachings on this. It's all been suppressed in the court systems. That alone makes him inel- ineligible. Not only that, but he's a Muslim. You know, and then he lived in Indonesia. I mean. This guy is so disqualified on so many different levels, it's unreal. So, let's go further. And while none of the comments made on November 5th, 2008 were quite so blatant in identifying Kenya as Obama's birthplace, the the declaration nonetheless claimed the president-elect is Kenyan. And then he goes on to say um, another member of parliament, Dr. Boni... Kawali says, "Could we allow a motion for adjournment so that we could also continue the celebrations of having a Kenyan ruling the United States?" That was his question. okay The mood on the floor of the Parliament was so raucous that day that an extended debate occurred on whether or not to call off the session to celebrate Obama's election victory. Several members of parliament were even reported missing allegedly because they were still out partying. Nominated Member of Parliament, Millie O'Dahambo, requested of the chair, he said, quote, The President-elect, Mr. Obama, is the son of the soil of this country. Every other country in this continent is celebrating the Obama win. It is only proper and fitting that the country which he originates from should show the same excitement, pomp and color, I therefore ask, I therefore seek leave of the house that we adjourn to discuss this issue. End of quote. And yet again, this is totally suppressed, and I got into this a lot before he was elected. I haven't got into a lot afterward because, to be quite honest with you, it's probably a moot point, unless the Lord Jesus Christ intervenes. Yes, I mean, pray that the truth comes out about this. But, you know, everything's so rigged anyway, um, in modern day politics as it is, I give you a link here, a new strategy unveiled on answering Obama's eligibility questions, see how you can help, and then also a link to the article. I try to always give links to all these articles. We're only covering the highlights of different things today. We're not getting in depth on any one particular thing. Uh, here's the next article. A recent analysis of Roger, by Roger Simpson of PGTV Media maintains that Obama is showing signs of mental illness. A wide variety of commentators have observed that Obama displays severe narcissism. Obama is conceited, and he has demonstrated a serious disassociation from reality. A recent case in point was Obama's bizarre and meandering 17-minute, 2,500-word answer to the simple question about how he could justify raising taxes for Obamacare during a recession when citizens are already overtaxed. Obama's wildly inappropriate answer left the audience stunned and led the commentator, Charles Krauthammer to mockingly say, quote, I don't know why you are so surprised. And again, this was a mocking answer. It's only nine times the length of the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> it was nine times. This lapse of delusion occurred in front of a friendly audience. Overall, Obama, Barack Obama seems to be slipping into a slightly more delusional state these days. Well, he's like Hitler, you know. Hitler was nuts. And he got more nuttier and nuttier. I saw a documentary on him one time where he was on all these drugs. He was on drugs to make him go to sleep. And I'm talking shots. I'm not even talking oral medications. I'm talking he had a personal physician with him that went everywhere with him. He was on drugs to go uh, on shots to go to sleep. He was on shots to wake up. He was on shots before he gave speeches. That guy was a walking pharmaceutical pharmacia sorcery machine. And he got more and more and more delusional. More and more and more de- demon possessed, most likely. Next article. The United Nations and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton are moving forward with their plan to confiscate your guns. The United States joined 152 other countries in support of the Arms Trade Treaty Resolution, which establishes the dates for the 2012 UN Conference intended to attack American sovereignty by stripping Americans of the right to keep and bear arms. Working groups of anti-gun countries will begin scripting language for the conference this year, creating a blueprint for other countries when they meet at the conference. Former United Nations Ambassador John Bolton has cautioned gun owners about the trade's armed greedy and says Trade Arms Treaty, and says the UN is trying to act as though this is really just a treaty about international arms trade between nation states, but there's no doubt that the real agenda here is a domestic firearms control. Establishing the dates for the Armed Trades Treaty Conference is just the first step toward their plans for total gun confiscation. World gun control mob will ensure the passage of this egregious anti-gun treaty, and that's where Secretary of State Hillary Clinton steps in. Once the U.N. gun ban is passed by the General Assembly of the United States, it must be ratified by each nation, including the United States. As an arch enemy of gun owners, Clinton has pledged to push the U.S. Senate to ratify the treaty. She will push for passage of this outrageous treaty designed to register, ban, and confiscate firearms owned by private citizens like you and I. And then there's a link here, um, a petition that you can sign to send your senators against this ratification of the Small Arms Treaty. And uh, I've had people in times past say, oh, it doesn't matter, why do you even get, okay, well, you know, if we do nothing, if we sit here and do nothing, that gives the world elite, that gives the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, the green light that we're just going to lay down and do nothing, yes, just run over us, take away our rights, strip us of everything we have, and we'll be good global citizens. Okay, so that's that's the, the signal that you're sending to them. Next article, uh, and it's not an article, it's the Steve Quayle interview that he did with George Norrie on Coast to Coast on April 7th, uh, entitled Global Flashpoints in the Apocalypse. I think it was like four hours long. I listened to the whole thing, and he brought up some you know, pretty heavy-duty stuff. Uh, I would say, I'm, I gave you the links here, it's off his website, I give you the links, you can click into them, I'm not going to get into anything he really got into, it was way too vast. For, and a lot of the stuff we are kind of are covering today, but he gets into some other things that are uh, pretty heavy duty. And so if you want to listen to that, it's like a 15 parts here. You can click on the links, and the PDF will be available online at uh, www.contendingfortruth.com. Contendingfortruth.com. You go into the upper left-hand corner, click on the audio teachings, and it will be the first teaching... Um, Up there, well, it'll be the April 18th teaching uh, for 2010, and um, you you'll see a PDF associated with that that you can click on that, and uh, I'll also send this out. I also send about by by email to my newsletter list, and uh, if you want to get on the list, there's a Christian in the health section. Uh, I don't I haven't put out very much on the health lately because. There have been a lot of pandemic type issues and my time's been so limited I haven't been able to do a lot on that. But let me know what list you want to be on, Christian or health. I highly advise you get on both and I'll add you on. And uh, you can email me at uh, drjohnson, D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at the letter I, the letter X, dot com, dot com. And that email address is also up on the website I gave. Okay, so another thing. This is off Steve Quail's website as well. Extraordinary number of U.S. quakes still climbing. The shaking hasn't stopped after a 7.2 earthquake rattled the U.S. and Mexico East, um, Easter Sunday, Ishtar Sunday. Saturday, around 2 a.m., local time, a respectable 4.5 quake rattled San Diego, which was followed by more than a dozen Richter 3s in the same area. The most events I can ever recall for the U.S. was 1,482, I guess on one day, on May 3rd, 2008. Normally USGS registers around 7 to 800 events in America that show on US maps. This includes all quakes occurring in Hawaii, Alaska and Puerto Rico. There's a lot of real estates, real estate where quakes can shake. Maps start to look interesting when they hit 1100 shakes. Aftershocks from the Easter quake have rock rocketed this tally way beyond anything we've ever experienced in recent years. US quakes are approaching 4000 groundbreaking benchmark. 4,000 quakes in one day. Okay? That's where they're approaching. So in other words, earthquakes in diverse places, as Jesus predicted, are increasing. And they're really increasing a lot. I mean, we're seeing earthquakes all the time now, on the news, in different and various parts of the earth. The Chilean quake, the Haiti quake, there was just one in China, we have this one in the Baja region of California, and then all the, I mean, you know, it's pretty amazing. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop part two there, and we'll go to part three next.